welcome to episode 12 of the Ripples in Space podcast. Um, we weren't here last week, but we're back, so uh, sorry if anybody was disappointed by our absence, and uh, we look forward to sharing another wonderful piece of flash fiction with you. Today we have a fun little futuristic piece by Chris Hannes that I think you'll really enjoy, so uh, I guess we should just jump right into this. What do you think, John? Yes, we should totally jump right into it. I will introduce Chris, and Kate will read the story, and you all probably know the drill by now, so enjoy. Chris Hannes is a journalist in Washington, D.C., and the author of the novel The Perfect Hours. His work has been featured in Flash Fiction Magazine, and has been honorably mentioned for the Mary Kennedy Eastham Flash Fiction Prize. Future Apple by Chris Hannes Looks like you had a hot dog. The deep metallic voice as I walked into my kitchen stopped me cold. I lived alone, except for a genuinely stupid cat whose sweetness made up for his lack of common sense. He meowed at dinner time, but certainly lacked the ability to express himself in the English language. I slowly put my keys on their appointed hook next to the picture of me and my ex-wife standing in front of Mount Rushmore. The photo captured our peak happiness, four years in the past and a year after she announced she was done. My eyes scanned from hers across the marble countertop she always wanted. No moving shadows or items that seemed out of place. No rustling or squeaks from the floor. Hello? I cautiously asked. I had seen enough movies to know better, but also believed in the stance that mysterious figures want to feel friendliness like the rest of us. The microwave clock blinked its unset twelve o'clock at me. The refrigerator hummed its usual hum. Nothing else showed any sign of activity. Is someone there? I playfully offered. No answer. Clearly, I had momentarily lost my mind and imagined the voice. That thought lasted exactly one second. The mustard on your shirt looks like it came from a hot dog. The voice echoed around the room in a way that made it impossible to pinpoint, like the occasional beep that can drive a person crazy. The truth was, the voice was right. I did have a hot dog for lunch, and in my enthusiasm for devouring it, I had let a heaping glob of mustard fall right onto my chest. A quick napkin swipe got most of it, but an unmistakable pool of yellow remained. "'Who are you?' I offered as I continued to slowly stalk around the room. I'm Dave, it rang back. Who are you? I'm Derek. Nice to meet you. The voice went silent, apparently unaware of the normal flow of introductory conversation. It wasn't hard to hear him, but for some reason I continued to walk the slow, silent footsteps my stupid cat uses when he's trying to sneak up on a fly. So what are you? Isn't it obvious? No? Is that a question or a statement? Suddenly I was back in the 10th grade English class with Mr. Higby insisting that we all speak like confident adults. But how could I approach this situation with any kind of certainty? Something in my kitchen was talking. It's a statement. I don't know what or who you are, and I would like to know. Thank you for clarifying. This is helpful for our conversation. What I am is your future self, manifest in a Granny Smith apple. I hated Granny Smith apples from the moment I first tried one as a kid. Yet, 
For some reason, I had purchased a dozen during my last grocery store trip. The green globe sat on the counter, untouched and unwanted. You're an apple. A talking apple? That's right. From the future. Uh-huh. And you're me? Bingo. I paused to consider whether I had accidentally drunk a case of beer on the way home from work or had been stabbed by a syringe of mind-altering poison. I remembered neither happening. Slowly, I approached the apples and for some reason looked for a mouth as if the mysterious being had just enough anthropomorphic attributes to make conversation somewhat normal. But no, they all looked like apples. Derek, I came here to talk about tomorrow. It's the day you do a very, very bad thing for you and the entire world, and I need you to not do it. I glanced at the counter behind me and saw nothing penciled in for the day. What happens tomorrow? In short, you destroy the whole freaking world, man. Like, one little decision you make absolutely ruins it all. Blammo. Kablooey. Dunzo. How is that possible? Nobody thought it was, but somehow you succeeded against all odds. But if I destroy everything, how are you here? Checkmate, I thought. This couldn't really be happening. You destroy the physical realm of Earth, but the spirits of everything living manage to float above the organic particles and reconstitute into a cloud. It took a few years, but we were able to collectively figure out time travel and how to reanimate within other organisms. You just figured that out while chilling in space? Well, yeah. It's not like we had iPhones to distract us. It was really quite an astonishing thing to unleash all power of all human beings on purely intellectual pursuits. If you fix this and we get the Earth back in usable form, you won't believe what we have planned. I half sat on the counter and tried to take it all in. Talking apple self from the future. I destroy the planet somehow. But it can be fixed? Okay, so first of all, why an apple? Why not a person? Well, I know you don't talk to very many people, and we decided you would probably be scared away if some stranger told you all this. Like, at best, you'd call the psych ward about some guy talking nonsense. And actually, I tried a taco and a hamburger and a red delicious apple first, but you kept eating them before I could talk to you. Did you make me buy this kind of apple? I cannot directly control your actions, but there was some influencing going on that I can't disclose to you. One of those space cloud developments. Yes, and since we want the world to be restored to its usual state, we decided to adopt classification rules to prevent even our potential savior from knowing something that would alter history in the way that we don't anticipate. Obviously, I was bummed about not being given superpowers. That's the dream involved in time travel, right? That somehow you would have knowledge that could make you super rich or seem like an all-knowing god. None of that for me. Just a talking apple. I get it. What is this thing that I do, though, that is so bad? I swear I heard the apple sigh, and given the bizarre nature of the experience, I had no choice but to chuckle. It was not amused. This is not a game, Derek. The whole world is depending on you not to screw this up. Sorry. Here's what happens. You wake up tomorrow, five minutes later than you planned to. 
You then hit the snooze bar an inexcusable six times. You, you arrive at your office on Elm Avenue 48 minutes late. Your boss yells at you about your chronic tardiness and you get offended. She leaves your office and no more than two minutes later, you do too. You go to the diner on Madison and order an egg barrel sandwich and a chocolate milk. 64 years later, the world is engulfed in nuclear war. No fewer than 45 different countries launch their missiles at the same time. And in the course of a few hours, a literal hell descends on the planet. The fallout is catastrophic, and within days, the United Nations votes to spare us all the slow descent into radiation hell. And with the press of a button, all remaining arms in the countries and those stationed in space all aim at the same plot of ground— and one after another, after another, they strike and explode and devastate until the planet literally breaks apart. I'm sitting on the floor now trying to picture the scenario. It's completely preposterous, and yet makes a certain amount of sense. Except, of course, how my benign actions set it all in motion. I started all of that with a normal day? Yes. How do you figure that? The cloud of spirits, that, that's what we decided to call ourselves, put forth all available evidence of how each being spent its days. We started at blow-up day and worked backwards until we found the smoking gun. I shook my head again and tried to figure out why future Apple Me thought this was such a simple case. But how, though? I'm a little late and eat lunch and yada yada yada, boom goes the world? Are you familiar with the butterfly effect? You mean like a butterfly flaps its wings and eventually there's a hurricane on the other side of the planet? That's the one. Sure, but what you're describing is pretty big freaking butterfly. I still hadn't figured out exactly which apple was talking to me, or if somehow it was one collective being that was speaking. It seemed like an inappropriate and unimportant distinction to ask about this at this juncture. I mean, sure, I really wanted to know more about how this was all working, but I guess global apocalypse is hard to top. You are bigger than any butterfly that has ever flapped in the winds of earth, and we don't make this accusation lightly. It took years of spirit cloud consideration to pinpoint you as the source. There is absolute certainty on this matter. A feeling of intense guilt settled in. I knew before that day that I was not the best person. Chronic lateness was a well-established fault of mine, I went to that diner a million times and tipped poorly. I was demanding and short-tempered. I left the toilet seat up and used the last of the milk and cut off drivers all the time. But I was no world-ender. At least, I thought that was the case. Okay, so lay it out for me. Connect the dots between my day tomorrow and you, uh, me, sitting here on a counter in the form of an apple with the future Earth scattered across the cosmos. It's not that complicated, really. The apple took a deep breath in the way that I didn't know an apple could do before that day. Because you slept in, you were late. Because you were late, your boss had to discipline you. Because she disciplines you, you get mad. Because you get mad, you feel the need to soothe yourself with food. Because you want food, you go to the diner and order the sandwich and the milk. I nodded along and sat in silence, waiting for the next part. The apple said nothing. I sat for two solid minutes, waiting for the crucial end of the story. But nothing. Yeah, and? Silence. I stood up and moved closer to the apples, my face inches from the basket where they lay. 
still nothing. I started picking them up, one by one, holding them to my ear like a conch shell, hoping to hear a wave of clarity. But none came. Uh, Mr. Apple? Hello? Anybody home? Hello? I waited 30 more minutes in silence and confusion. I tried to replay those final words in my mind and have the synapses in my brain make the necessary connections to finish the puzzle. It never made any more sense. The apples were spread out on the counter and resembled their literal selves, the life I seen in them gone. I felt a chill in the room that I knew well. Loneliness. The stupid cat sauntered into the kitchen, bumping into the doorway as he entered. He did that most days. Meow, he offered as he looked up into my confused eyes. Time for dinner. I poured the food his picky taste seemed to prefer into the bowl I had made with his face in the bottom. Sometimes I wondered what he thought about finishing the last bits, only to see himself staring back. But until that night, I never considered the possibility of being able to ask him about it. Hey, buddy, do you like this bowl? No answer. He chowed on as if I had left. I pet him anyway. You let me know if it bothers you, and I'll get you a new one, okay? Chomp, chomp, chomp. I pet him again and strolled out of the kitchen into my bedroom. It had been three hours since I first heard the voice. I changed clothes and brushed my teeth and pulled back the covers. Before slipping into bed, I walked over to the alarm clock perched on top of my dresser. It was set for 8 a.m., my usual time for a workday in which I planned to be at my desk by 9 a.m. I stood there for a minute, soaking in everything that happened. My fingers drifted over the buttons for a moment before finding the right one. Click. 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 7.45. That should be enough extra time to save the world, right? That was Future Apple. So thank you, Chris. That was a fun story. I, as I was reading it, I, I really enjoyed the idea of this guy staring at a bowl or a basket of apples on the counter talking to these things. It definitely brings into question his sanity. But yes, the idea that one is conversing with fruit about the fate of the world and or universe is quite amusing. Um, I've, it's a very interesting thought that... I guess the spirits of humans somehow drifting into the cosmos, finding a means of time travel with no bodies. And then leaving out the actual important bit about why the world ends and just... It's like, and then why? why? Like, did something happen in the future that they were destroyed that he had to leave? Is like, it because of them going back in time that he ends up sleeping in because he sets his alarm earlier so he's more sleepy? Like, so many questions. I don't know. But nonetheless, very fun, very entertaining. So, um, if you'd like to write science fiction, uh, if you'd like to write flash fiction, you should send it to us at ripplesinspace. Well, if you go to ripplesinspace.com, you'll find a link to our submittable, and that's where you actually send it. Yes, and uh, we just finished up spring of 2019, and we're reading through those stories, so we should have some publishing information in the coming weeks. Yes, uh, thank you everybody who submitted, and we are working through those submissions uh, lots of great stuff, so uh, stay tuned for those to be published. 
And if you'd like to hear uh, your flash fiction stories on this podcast, we have our submission portal there too. So please send us your stories. As always, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All three of those things, we are Ripples in Space. Thank you so much for listening, and cheers from the void. Bye. Take care, everyone.